welcome to episode 143 of Laps Gamer Radio. I'm your host, Mark Hamer, and joining me tonight is just the other Mark, Mark Chazzy Ray. Hello, not just. Well, Ch- not just, but um, <laughs> I should have said solely. Solely, yeah. It's just the two of us. It's just Mark and Mark. You're two Very favorite Very intimate. Marks. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. It's a Mark cast. Yeah. Um, everyone else is uh, ill. <laughs> and I'm, I'm kind of, I'm pretty ill myself as well, to Struggling be honest. Through. Yeah. I've just been, I'm just, I've just been drowning in snot today. Nice. Is, uh, well, there's, a, an, there's image. an image for everyone. Hopefully you're not eating your breakfast and or dinner. Yeah, sorry. So if you don't like hearing someone struggle through a cold on a podcast, don't listen. <laughs> we won't be, be offended. Honest. But also, go f*** yourself. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Before we start talking about games... Uh, I, w- I watched The Irishman last night. Have you seen it yet? No, no. I, d- I famously don't watch films or television. Really? I am one of those. I, I am. So- okay. My sole means of entertainment is video games. Fair enough. Um, but do tell me more. I do know this is like got like a stellar cast. Well, it's the new Scorsese film. Um, it's yeah. It's it's the first time in a long time that he's worked with. Uh, Al Pacino and Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci, like mainly Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci, were the people that he used to work with back in the day, of course. Like, yeah. On uh, his like classic films, later later periods. Oh, so I'm a big fan of of older Scorsese films. Some of his later period stuff, I, I did not like The Wolf of Wall Street. Um, I thought it was kind of entertaining. I didn't understand why people went so mad about it. I thought it kind of fetishized the worst aspects of wall street culture yeah uh and it seemed to be a bit of wish fulfillment unfortunately it was like a commentary on you know the worst types of excess and then people saw it as wish fulfillment and it was a bit of a kind of weird mishmash yeah it was all like hey isn't he isn't um you know the carrier character so crazy and whatnot and it, it was it wasn't particularly good hmm. um well it wasn't a bad film i just thought it was a bit weak uh and i would recommend the big short over Wolf of Wall Street any day. And then Silence was the other one he did uh, in the last few years, which was just an ordeal. It's a good film, but it's uh, just an ordeal. The Irishman is like three and a half hours long. Um, That's a Lord of the Rings, right? That's a final Lord of the Rings episode. That that is a Lord of the Rings extended cut length of film. Yeah, yeah. um, But it doesn't feel it at all. Uh, it's not like it's, you know, lots and lots of action scenes or anything like that. Uh, it's basically telling uh, a good chunk of the life story of the titular Irishman. Um, I think his name's Frank Sheen um, and Jimmy Hoffa, the legendary uh, boss of the um, Teamsters Union wow. and the whole involvement in between the Teamsters Union bosses and the mob and the government and um it's it's a long um it's a very long story mm. uh but it doesn't feel its length i was thoroughly entertained by it but it got me thinking a little bit about um marty's current or uh, recent comments about superhero uh films and when he talks about superhero films you know he's talking about marvel films because yeah. nobody cares about the dc films sorry dc fans but there you go um <laughs> And, like, Martin Scorsese has kind of earned the right to be able to 
kind of get away with saying whatever he wants. What he said kind of upset a few people like James Gunn and some other people who would consider who I would consider to be artists, uh, you know, in a, in a, in a certain fashion, um, who have done Marvel films and then to have their work being dismissed by mm. a director that they no doubt respect. And I, I was thinking like, I wonder if that's, if that would ever be the sort of situation we'd ever get that sort of situation in the, someone like Neil Druckmann or, uh, Oh. Mike Bithell or someone like Didn't that come that out with... and say like and just completely dismiss Call of Duty or something like that as being not real. I want to say Cliff Blazinski did something similar. That would recently. not surprise me. <laughs> yeah, there's something in the back of my mind that sort of when he, uh, what was what was the kind of eighties game that he that he made after the the this is how far out of this I am at the moment, but he had he had a failed shooter. And then he ma- and then he tried to spin that. He into had a really game. good shoot yeah, that died. That died right. Uh, law law breakers. breakers. You're right. Yeah. yeah. So it was real good. I think after the off the back of that, he just basically sort of dipped out of games and didn't have any a few snipes, but it was just kind of like this isn't for me now, and you no, know, like two big fingers up, and I'm off. Well, to law do- breakers. Um, law breakers died, and then his studio tried to make another battle royale game. Yeah. Like I, at a point where everyone was just like, "Oh God, enough!" <laughs> which, which is I, which is ironic because then you know Apex Legends came out and everyone went, "Oh my God, best yeah. thing since sliced bread." So, but that was good. It, it, maybe that's execution over, you know, actual content. Yeah, you're right. But, um, um, he has said some. But, I'm, odd but I know he's he's had some odd 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 things about different things, but it's weird. It's that thing of does it. To gaming press, is that um, it, it's more more of a thing? Like if if a if a director comes out and would say the kind of things that Martin Scorsese's come out and said, right? But that would only hit um, uh, an enthusiast press to a high level, right? But to go mainstream with something like that, you would have to be, you know, it, I, I feel it'd have to be someone like a a studio head or like a, a Miyamoto or someone like that. To come out and really make massive, like massive waves. If like Hideo Kojima came out and started slating, I don't even think he would. I think if he came out, I think he's still. I'll tell you a very funny story, right? You think, oh, Hideo Kojima, like the most well-known man in the world, right? When when you think about video games, Mm. Um, I was walking through the train station in Cologne for Gamescom and. The group of people I was with who know enough about games but not really are that into games just didn't know who he was. He walks, we, I held the door open for him. He's come through. I'm absolutely freaking out. And everyone in the train station is just like, yeah, just guy walking through the train station, like, not, not bothered about him at all. Yeah, but right? those, those are people so, who are like, aren't into games. I reckon like anyone who is into games knows who Hideo Kojima is. Yeah, but this is what I'm saying. But I think to get that kind of impact of a Scorsese moment, right? You've got to be someone who is above and beyond, like it, more mainstream, more like, like you say, the, the the creator of Mario says, you know, all you know, all indie games are absolute crap. Then that's going to get front page news, right? Miyamoto finally comes out and says Sonic sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I never wanted him in any of my Olympics games. Yeah. My Olympics or Smash. Games. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it would be kind of 
a uh, I don't know. I, I'm glad. I, I I imagine on some level, um, the developers of like really well regarded and really well received, but not blockbuster selling <clears throat> indie games, mm. uh, thoughtful narrative, story led games. Um, look at the wild success of big dumb shooters, and think <laughs> this isn't right. This isn't. This is yeah. dumb. But they wouldn't. They wouldn't dare speak out about it because of the world no. we live in. Their lives would be made. Fish, their right? lives would be made absolute hell on the internet. Whereas, like, Martin yeah. Scorsese can say that, and like, I don't think he even knows what social media is. Uh, I, I, ironically, he's he's kind of untouchable in that in that yeah. sense, that sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, forgive. No, he didn't yeah. direct that. I was going to say. I was about to say, forgive the pun, and then I had to check myself. But um, yeah, I think. Yeah, it's not a. Um, I I don't think there's too many people that you could that could come out and say, you know, something like that and and get away, you know, and get that kind of interest in it. I'd like so I was going to go back to the Phil Fish thing. Like Phil Fish came out when he made Fez, didn't he? And he he said all kinds of outlandish stuff about you know games and stuff, and that made a, that made waves. Oh, he said like he said all Japanese games were shit. <laughs> Which you know, all right, fair enough. That's an opinion. Yeah. Uh, and I want to say, um, there was some Japanese developer whose name, I can't remember who it was, who like completely dismissed PC as an in, yeah. uh, entirely as like a platform for playing video games on. Um, there have been, yeah, there have been people who said like controversial things, but they've usually been rather shitty things to say. Yeah, I suppose. Um, and they've, the internet has come down on them hard. Um, what Marty said about um, Marvel films was kind of a shitty thing to say, but at the same time, he's kind of right. Like I would, I would. Uh, so yeah, depending on your perspective, right? I would say that they are cinema. Anything that is crafted to be shown in you know theatrically is cinema, um, mm. but they are also you know theme park rides. Yeah, yeah, it's just big dumb thing park rides. But you can but say the same thing. That's right? the same as like uh, any big like summer blockbuster film has been for since summer blockbuster films were a thing. Yeah, but you could say. But the thing is, is that games are no different to films, no different to music. There are stratas, you know, stratas of of this. You know, you've got your your, your crappy three minute pop song, and you've got your tortured, you know, classic that you know will never die. Or whatever. Um, you've got the same thing with, I don't know. You, you, like, I'm trying to think of like in, in games. You've got, you know, you've got your Candy Crushes. You've got your Peggles. You know, you got your Plants vs Zombies. But then you've got like stuff like that, Dragon Cancer, and mm. you know, uh, Gone Home. Gone Home, right? Mm. And everything in between that. You know, there, there are levels, and and to just dismiss. I don't know. Is it, is it snobbery? Is it close-mindedness? Is it kind of? Sometimes I feel like with all this, it, it's someone trying to uh, ring fence and hold something they love dear um, too tightly, you know, and and not allowing progress or not allowing kind of other ideas and you know openness and you know. I mean, I'll, I'll play a Candy Crush. I'll play a you know Call of Duty. 
you know, but then I'll play an indie, uh, uh, like, you know, overall indie game. It doesn't bother me. It's about what the, for me, it's about the feeling that it elicits in me at the time and where, and the space my head's at. And I suppose the video game business is in like a different sort of situation to the, the film industry. Whereas like the Disney monopoly is yeah. beginning to completely take over big screen cinemas where it's just a constant stream of Marvel films and a constant stream because of Star Wars money, films right, and so it? on and so forth. And like, yeah, they're just, they're just pushing more and more of their products out. Um, the it seems like the opposite's kind of happening in the video game business where it's like the triple A market is really kind of it's stagnating. It is like when you look at like this silly season, like this period, this winter period where all the blockbuster games will be coming out and it's like, what is there? There's yeah. Star Wars, there's a new Pokemon, and then there's like a new card, a new FIFA, the, the, the races you normally right? expect. But like, what else is there? Yeah. Um, whereas, like, it seems more like every single year, it seems like more and more indie games are like breaking through and becoming like something that's really talked about. I don't know. We live in a bubble of like video game enthusiasts who read the yeah, video game enthusiasts press and whatnot. But you you see more and more indie games getting talked about by a wider audience with every year. Yeah. But so, I think uh, years ago. I mean, this is literally going back ten years. I kind of posited the idea that the the financial crash would cause um, the industry to kind of fragment a little bit, and that, that because obviously it's going to be more expensive to make AAA games, that AAA games would um, scale back and become more sort of um, vanilla, you know, and more just formulaic. But you know, and 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 I was worried that that would be we would just go through the next few years. Like I thought it was going to be like five years of just mediocrity. And what actually mm. happened was, is that to fill that void, uh, like you say, these, these, whether the kind of a game went away as well, the, the, the indie games and, and the kind of interesting games filled that void. And now they've actually, they're, they're coming up to a level where people would actually prefer to play those games. Which is really interesting. Whereas I think on the flip side, if it was film, I think that everyone's looking for the blockbuster. And I think that to get into the more sort of esoteric films is that there feels like there's a bigger barrier to entry where there isn't with games so much because it's... No, there, there absolutely is. Um, especially, and I know this is a different situation. It's like you want to play a new game like you've you've already got the hardware to play the new game you don't need to go to somewhere to, to well, it's play not even the that. Game. just just from a from a mental standpoint like um games are so the, the narratives aren't that even even with something that's incredibly well written and incredibly well thought out they're not you know mind-bendingly difficult to get your head around whereas that you know some indie films might be quite um avant-garde they might be kind of quite edgy and quite difficult to follow the concept yeah for, no, right? i see what you mean like uh I, as 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 like crazy and esoteric and complex as the narratives have been in some video games nothing has given me like a uh pie or a razor head sort of like complete head f like what yeah, the hell's it, going right? on lying awake at night trying to figure out what i just watched um but I don't know. There's the potential to get there. Oh yeah, no, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is because uh, because indie games and and sort of more independent, uh, more kind of uh, smaller budget games, should we say, um, 
because they're they're working with these narratives that are a little bit more simplified i think people find that easier to get into and um yeah i just i would rather play a game like that but then again personally i don't really watch films that much so maybe i'm coming from a biased point of view but you know that that's the reason i stick with video games is that i don't want to engage my brain too much and think about the deeper meaning of a razor head right uh and and the themes and the and the so on and so forth but um you can find that in games but it's just not where i want to go and i think a lot of people are kind of i don't know not necessarily dumbing down but they're just looking for an experience that they feel is on their level yeah right and they're not looking to push themselves to um go that extra mile of you know really interpreting something and you know Whereas, like like yourself or or someone else who's more of a game reviewer might want to look into the bigger, the larger themes and what this means in the context of you know the political landscape at the time. It's like, oh, do you know what? I just want to shoot stuff. Yeah. And you know, I I think the same. I think that's what's p- pushed me away from film quite a bit was that I just don't I don't want to think about that stuff. I just want I just want to be. I want it to hit me and wash over me most of the time. Which is quite sad, and maybe that's what Scorsese is kind of saying: is that we're we should be enga- engaging more mentally with with our with our media in general, and not just letting it wash over us and be. I think I think it's may- maybe that's yeah. Weirdly, like chatting chatting about this now and just like ex- expanding mm. my thoughts, that's probably where I would come down on it. Is that it's maybe he's just phrased it quite. Um, not, not not in the best way, but I think he's just trying to get to that thing as like we should be pushing ourselves culturally always. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Wow, what a tangent, hey? Yeah. Um, what a journey. Uh, yeah, anyway, uh, The Irishman, like, yeah, like I said, three and a half hours, like, get uh, get yourself comfy, settle in for it because it's a journey, but it's it does not feel its length. Mm. Uh, and I... I, I <laughs> um, yeah, I came away from it uh thoroughly satisfied and i kind of it's kind of stuck with me all of today i've just been thinking so about i'll tell it. you what from what i've been reading about it uh, like like I've, I've read about it and just seen on twitter and stuff it does it does feel like there was a time back in the kind of some late 90s early 2000s where like film fit you you would be going to films to for this kind of film and that that more sort of uh, not educational but like kind of more more more, more De- deeper films right and it feels like th- th- this is like a real well, anomaly craft well i Crafted, don't even want to yeah. say that either because like there's a lot of craft that goes into those into the marvel films as well and hey i love the marvel films as much as the next person but crafted in terms of like character analysis yeah right like the development and the growth uh and the portrayal of the characters in something like a martin scorsese film over the course of three and a half hours yeah is just so far beyond anything that you're going to get in a big budget yeah. superhero film because the vast majority of cinema goers don't have the attention span for it and you well, know this is, yeah this is what I'm, I'm trying to that's say fine but i know. think I, I think it's just for me that reading about that film it feels like a real throwback to a different era of of, fil- of video like filmmaking you know so to the back to the heyday of people like scorsese and brian de palmer and people yeah, like right. who doing that sort of film yeah and that's uh, that's lovely you know but like can you divorce it from the fact that it's it's a, a nostal- almost a nostalgia piece in two ways, you know? Yeah. Well, you know what you're going to get with Scorsese. Right. Um, yeah. But, yeah. 
Anyway, shall we talk about video games? Yeah, let's talk about them in a, in a more active sense. What have you been playing? Right, so so I've not been. I won't say I've not been playing much. I have played things. I've just not played them for a long time. Okay. C- case in point, um, I downloaded Rage Two on Game Pass. Yeah, I've been meaning to get that downloaded. And I thought, you know, I was not a massive fan of Rage. But I saw the adverts and it was very colourful and people didn't really sort of pan rage too, too much. I'll give that a try out. And um, I lasted 13 minutes. Wow. I know that because I, I was streaming it. Okay. And, um, I, got, and I, I got to 13 minutes and I thought, this isn't for me. No, I just weren't <laughs> well, enjoying it. I, it wasn't I wasn't enjoying it. It was, um, it was, it's just got a very odd tone. Um, like the first couple of, the first few min- like moments in in that game, um, you're sort of talking to this lady, and you seem to be quite pally pally. You know, we're both in the same same unit, and we're going to go out there and take out whoever. And then a door gets kicked in, and it completely hits this woman and takes her out. And you don't react to it in any way, shape, or form. Like the character's voice doesn't react to it. You don't turn to look at them. You don't. It makes no efforts to kind of go oh i had a relationship with you just they, they get blown away you take out the uh alien that comes through the door and then you go right so um moving on and i just thought that's that's odd you know you've set you've tried to establish that you're part of this team and you know give it a bit of pathos and then completely thrown it away in seconds and that was just the first like opening 30 40 seconds i just thought oh this is odd and Oh, that's that's a cardinal sin I've found in video games. Is like, uh, well, not just the video games, but in all media. But like, um, it pushes to the set, next set piece. It felt like even in that first thirteen minutes, it was always pushing to the next set piece. And then you get there, and they go, "We're going to establish tone," and then completely take the tone away. Yeah, like not earning its like yeah, what it's what you think is supposed to be like a big story points or big emotional gut punches or whatever yeah. not not any like i i haven't played this game at all no. um but if a game is let's put it this way this game gave me two massive boss monsters uh-huh. um it in that first 13 minutes that take out two characters that you're supposed to kind of that, that, that they're building up as these are really important big players in the game and um and you think this is just you're forcing me into this spectacle. You're trying to make it feel like you're absolutely against all the odds, but like you say, you're not earning this. You're not. You've not developed any of this. You're just going push forward, push forward, push forward, yeah. push forward. Here's a cutscene. Push forward, and um, yeah, it's very odd. And like the animation in the cutscenes is quite stilted, and it's a bit Thunderbirdsy. And okay. um, yeah, and and kind of yeah, it's I don't know, it's just everything about it just screamed like sort of budget title. It was very odd. I mean, I might, I might go back and sort of you know just play one and give it a bit more time, just because it could be a terrible intro, you know. But, it looked um, quite colourful from what I saw. Yeah, um, yeah. The weapons looked quite fun. Um, it had a bit of a Mad Max vibe about it from what I saw. Uh, but apparently the open world is also like just super empty. Yeah, I mean I've, I've I haven't got that far. So uh, to be fair, I, I I'm going to stick with it just to see again see what it's like. I mean, from 30 minutes you can't really say anything, but it's not really given me um, a massively 
impressive opening. In, in you didn't make a good first say. impression. Though. No, having said that, I'm playing it on the PC and mouse, the mouse and keyboard. It does feel very satisfying to kind of, um, you know, take take out the aliens and, and stuff. So, who is um, the developer on this? It's, it's yeah. a Bethesda game, but Bethesda, I don't, who, yeah. who developed it? Oh, that I don't know. Um, I'd have to look. I'd have to look yeah. it up. But I know it's. I'm, I want to say Avalanche. Oh, I think that might be um, but, actually. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But that's literally off the top of my head, and yeah, my head is full of snot, but, and I can't think. <laughs> it's clouding everything. So other than that, um, been putting a bit. Of, to be honest, I've been putting a lot of time into Overwatch, and I know um, that could be quite a controversial thing to say nowadays because they're now sort of one of the. Did you not you know, get the memo? On, on the we list, hate right? Blizzard. Blizzard have been cancelled, right? <laughs> well, this is the thing, right? But uh, uh, the way I feel is like I've, I've paid my money. And I'm not giving them any more money. So enjoy the service while it's there. You know, maybe, you know, at the end of the day, they're not getting any more or less out of me. So what's the big deal? You know, yeah, I don't agree with them, but with what, you know, with with, with the way they push things forward and do, will I get Overwatch yeah, too? I guess you're Who still knows? playing it. So, so um, but yeah, no, I've been really enjoying it. I've been trying to learn how to play tank. And um, now... Yeah. Uh, just to clarify... Um, <laughs> Limmy is the always uh, Limmy is seen as as the final arbiter as to whether someone has been cancelled. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, and he confirmed on his Twitter feed that the Blizzard were cancelled. Oh well, yeah. there you go. So I'm the enemy of the state. So apologies. Um, so anyway, moving on. <laughs> uh, what well, else, what else uh, before we been? move on, yeah, what on. do you think of, about Overwatch Two? I am very confused by it. I think it's a it's a very confusing message for as as someone who is in marketing. Um, it's always about the message and coming out and saying essentially Overwatch Two is a sort of DLC pack expansion pack, but we're also going to be like so anyone on Overwatch can play against anyone on Overwatch Two in multiplayer, uh-huh. but you'll also get added bonuses if you buy only overwatch 2 it's a really confusing message that they're it's putting stuck out there, in utter mess like i don't know yeah. understand like the game didn't need a unless they were making like a massive technical upgrade like rebuilding the engine or something like that like yeah. the switch from team fortress classic to <clears throat> tf2 sort of thing yeah or, or like um, a massive jump in like uh, between different versions of Counter Strike. You don't need a sequel. They could have just sold it as uh, an expansion pack to, to Overwatch, thing, right? which has got like a single player campaign. You know, give it a name um, and just sell it as an expansion pack, like not a, mm. like a separate disced game, which is not a separate game. It's still the Overwatch One maps. And apparently any new maps introduced will still be available to players playing Overwatch 1 because they don't want to split the player base. So this is the thing, right? Is I've got Overwatch 1, I've got I've I've paid for the whatever it is, legendary edition years ago. Yeah. You know, I get I've got to get everything whenever it comes out. Um and what I what I'm trying to work out is is do I need to buy Overwatch 2? Do you enjoy playing the seasonal PvE stuff? Well, this is the thing, I don't really, but... Then I, no, you if, don't. So then here's the thing, right? Is If you'd have asked me 12 months ago, um, oh, they're bringing out a uh, P- 
PVE whole series of content, um, I'd have been, yes, I want that more than anything because I was absolutely terrified of playing online. Mm-hmm. And it would have given me a way to play that game and then interact with the characters without ever having to deal with another human being. And I would have loved that. Mm-hmm. But having now played it for 12 months and really got into it and really tried to learn how to play online, I cannot see the benefit in the PvE side Mm. because now my focus is more on learning that character. And I think Overwatch League has really helped push me. Like Watching that has helped me push my game and also given me the interest on the multiplayer side and all the kind of meta and stuff on that. So the PvE stuff... I, d- I don't really care about their backstories. I never it's have. It's not balanced as a PVE game either. It's balanced as built as well, it's built as a PVP game. It's like we don't know. It's right? like the opposite problem that um, Destiny had for a long time and maybe still arguably does. Is it like they they built a PVE game and built these characters and these abilities and these weapons and whatnot around a PVE game and then stuck a multiplayer on it and it was really unbalanced. Yeah, um, <laughs> this is like tuned to be a competitive PvP game, and then yeah, like the PvE what I love stuff about is like some of the characters in PvE yeah. just doesn't work. Yeah, like they're they're, they're you can't use them. Well, you can use them, but you're putting yourself at a massive disadvantage because they they don't work in that context. No, because they've been made specifically to counter other other heroes. Yes, right? and and that's the thing that I'm I fundamentally i think is what i'm enjoying about overwatch is the fact that it's like street fighter in that i can see all the all the picks and the counter picks and the strategies and and all that kind of stuff to how you play how you play your character like I'm, i play as a tank and uh when i went to where was it uh Eurogamer, egx and um i sat down with a, a pro and they actually taught me how to play overwatch and then seeing that, and then seeing the thought process, and how you, how just literally physically, not even shooting, just positioning your character, can have such a difference on how the the other team reacts to you. And like he literally showed me a way of like where I would stand, and it would push players back because it exposes them. And I just thought it just like one mad stuff like that that you just would make no sense in PVE because you're playing against bots. And but there, there are characters that are literally built to do that, you know, built to just be like the tank in the tanks, especially built to be, you know, in, in, imposing just by being there. And you're not going to get any of that meta in in a PVE sense. So it's like, yeah, okay, it's great. You, you're interacting with the characters and you're and you're finding a bond with them, but you're not really finding out about them. If that makes sense, they are the mechanics to me. First, and then their backstory and narrative second. Yeah, I mean, a good... Um, unless... And then again, again, this wouldn't be the same, like, having just, like... Unless the, the single player was just bot-match versions of the multiplayer, which would be a massive mm. cop-out. Like, the single player isn't going to teach you how to be a better player, which is what, in that sort of game, a single player mode if it exists should be mm. it's what the best single player uh, the, the best single player modes in fighting games do is teach you how to be better at the game um, yeah street fighter has a terrible single player mode mm-hmm. be- because it is utterly pointless yes you know and and they know it's there and they know it's there to just in like get people involved that's it yeah 
you know, people people like you and I who button mash will play in the single player. Hey, mode, speak right? for yourself. <laughs> well, I suppose yeah, you'll get your with your YouTube series, you're getting better and better by the day, right? Mm, yeah. <laughs> Kinda. Yeah. But yeah, so getting off of Overwatch, what um what else have we been playing? Um been playing Sunless Skies. Okay. Which is a dark game. Mm. Um it's what's the best way I can do? sort of steampunk train space train um and you are you that you are the captain of um it's top down and you are exploring a dystopian world like sort of victorian dystopian world uh where you yeah it's it's that it can't really describe it any better than that but it's got th- the best writing of any game i've ever played it's just st- like it's flowery without being too flowery. It really leans into the Victoriana of it all. Mm. Um, really leans on that kind of um, again, like sort of pathos and uh, it, it's like reading a not so at points. It's like reading a novel. You know, you go to a town and you get these overwrought descriptions of the smell in the air and the yeah. you know the the how the mist hangs and and all this kind of stuff. And it's just wonderful, absolutely okay. wonderful. And um, yeah, sort of semi-procedurally generated um like maps and stuff and um yeah i i'm appalling at it at the moment because i seem to sort of set off um trying trying to um you know uh deliver something from one it's 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 a game that you'd like you deliver things from one place to another in a in a vehicle so yeah i like that sort of game right so it's right up your alley so i've been trying to do those kind of things and you know making a bit of money and trying to progress and upgrade my ship and all that kind of stuff and um but i'm running out of supplies really early so then i'm having to decide whether i sacrifice one of the crew or if like one of the crew dies like do you think oh do we cannibalize him or do we you know put him overboard with a overwrought serum with some overwrought ceremony and if you put him overboard does that lower your morale or you know if you cannibalize the person does it raise your terror rating and you're always constantly having to manage all this kind of stuff like you would do in, say, like a, a civilization or something. And, that um, kind of sounds a little bit like um, this war of mine. Yeah. Yeah, I think this war of mine is a lot um, lot more depressing than this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, whereas this is a lot more... Uh, it's got the kind of ja- uh, the, the, the jaunting... There's a bit more jauntiness in it okay. as well. But, um, well, that sounds... Good. It's great. I, it's great if you liked a game where you where you're going to be ex- exploring. Yeah. And, you know, read, reading lots and lots of text and codecs and stuff. It's um yeah, I'm I'm really thoroughly enjoying it's it. It's the unrelenting horror of uh and and misery of this war of mine is what pushed me off away from that game. It's just like I can't play this. It's making me too <laughs> depressed. <laughs> oh yeah, it's um. Yeah, got a, as a Polish guy at work who kind of um has been playing that at lunchtime. So I'm like, really? You you want to play that sort of during the day at work? Yeah, on like, your lunch break when you want to unwind break. and relax. Yeah, that's it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's just just like decide whether we're gonna break into an old couple's house and to rob steal them some blind. Bread. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Very odd, but yeah. So um, and then what else have I? What else have we been playing? Just just like, odds and sods, really. Yeah. Um, just like little bits of retro bits, bit of um, bit of Pac-Man CEDX, which is still phenomenal. And uh, yeah, that's about it, really. Oh, no, you've been playing a uh, classic racing game as well. Classic racing game? Uh, remind me. 
Did you get Virtual Racer? Oh my god, yes, I did. <laughs> that, that, that popped out of my that completely popped in my head. Yeah, that was um yeah Black Friday deal. I mean, literally, that that is the shortest amount of time I've ever put into a game. I think <laughs> I I played one race just to see if it worked. Yeah. Won it and then just and then sent you a screenshot that you said looked like a Die Straits video. Yeah, it looked like the Money for Nothing video. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But yeah, uh, tell you what though, gotta say that runs really well on the Switch. Okay. Yes, yeah, run like proper smooth. If you can get past the fact that everything's like chunky polygons from the well. early nineties, then um, yeah, it's well worth picking up. Okay. Yes, yeah, very good conversion. Very good conversion. But for like three pound in a Black Friday sale, you know, like I've paid for more expensive games on my iPhone. So, no, to get a bit of retro nostalgia in is, uh, it can't be wrong. No. It's, it is very funny though, like looking at how like UX and UI have moved on in games. Yes. Yeah. It, yeah. Even over just the case, the course of like the last 10 years. Yeah. But it, it was genius. Like I won one race and then I got a full kind of, um, you know, uh, end of titles, credits with names rolling up and the full works. Yeah. And it's like, well, that, that's, that's a bit much. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but other than that, yeah, that's it. That's that's pretty much everything I've been playing. All right, what have I been playing? What have I been playing, Jazzy? Um, I what have you been playing? Well, obviously, more Destiny. Um, I got myself another... I'm going to sneeze. Oh, no. Right, I'll, I'll, I'll fill in. Oh. Vamp, vamp, vamp. Right, so... You're playing more Destiny. How is Destiny now? What is the state of Destiny at the moment? Because looking at it from the outside at the moment... Sorry, I saved it. I didn't sneeze. <laughs> okay. Looking at Destiny from the outside <sighs> at the moment, it, it, it looks very appealing uh, to me. Is is it worth it, or should I just now wait for the next Destiny thing? Um, do you have the time, is the question. I never have the time, Mark. Let's be honest. But yeah, no, unless you, if you don't have the time, like, um, it's uh, I'm, oh, fuck's sake, which is the grind. Sneeze right? would either come or go or make its mind up. <laughs> it's just hanging there. Do it, do it, do it. Right, let me blow my nose and see if it goes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice oh, trumpet solo. Welcome to the Lurgy Cast. Um. So, yeah, as I've said before, like, as time's gone by, they've added in more and more um, content, more and more activities, um, to the point where it's kind of got a little bit out of hand, which is something they're addressing. Um, yeah. Uh, so, like, you jump in, and there's always going to be that grind to reach the new power level. Yeah. But there's always activities that will reward you with what they call powerful gear. Yeah, which is something that is guaranteed to be one or two or three, depending on the tier, levels mm. above your current equipment. And that stuff's really easy to earn. It's like play three matches of Gambit or play five Crucible matches or do three right. strikes and you earn it. And there's a whole bunch of different activities that will uh, award those. And is, then, is, it an unwieldy, is it an unwieldy monster now? Um, I think it. So does it need this? Does it need the sequel now to flatten everything out and you know take a few tentacles away so you can so it can be a bit more focused? I'd like to think not. Um, 
in the way I, I wish they would go well i hope they will go full on and embrace the mmo since they went independent from activision they've actually started using the word mmo which they never did before right but, uh, but I, I would like them to go like full mmo like a final fantasy 14 or world of warcraft and just just keep expanding adding new realms and then the activities in the older realms you can still go and do, but they won't give right. you the like the best equipment you need to be doing. And that's how it is kind of is at the moment. Like you go and do one of the older raids, you're not gonna earn a pinnacle a piece of pinnacle gear, but if you do the new raid you are. Um But they have also acknowledged the fact that there's kind of too many activities to do. And so so like after Forsaken came out and they had that whole season's worth of content they added in the Black Armory, they added in Gambit Prime and Reckoning, and then they added in the Menagerie and other bits, stuff that can be run several times a week, you know, or like just over and over and over again to earn different gear. And like there's a lot of them. Yeah. Uh and so for this season they added in a new activity called the Vex Offensive, which is like jumping into the Black Garden, fighting a bunch of Vex, killing a boss, collecting some loot. But it is only available this season. Right. So it's available for like one more week uh, as of next reset. And then that activity will go away. Mm. Uh, and they're looking at like stripping down or like streamlining some of the older activities. Like at the moment, there are two different types of Gambit. There's Gambit and Gambit Prime. And right, they've okay. both got their pluses and minuses. And they're, they've talked about how they're looking at maybe like combining them or getting rid of one of them and having just one mode of gambit just so there's yeah. like not so much stuff going on because uh, one of the the downsides to having all the extra stuff is the fact that the games become quite large on a hard drive like yeah currently yeah. installed on my ps4 it is drum roll actually it's not too bad 89.25 gigs which is not that bad really so it's a modern game. I thought I thought it would be more than that. It's, it's not Master Chief Collection. Uh, I mean, the new COD is 131 gigs. So actually, what am I oh, talking yeah. about? Destiny takes up like no room. Um, <laughs> it's tiny. You get it on a USB stick. Yeah, um, but I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff, um, and the the game is starting to clutter. It's starting to experience some slowdown in menus in certain areas mm. and things like that. At least on on console, uh, I'm playing on a pro. I bet it must chug occasionally, like real hard, yeah. get real chunky on a on a. On Part a, of me wants to play it on the PC just to see the shiny. Yeah, I, I mean, it looks real nice on PC. I mean, that is the optimal place to play it, but I don't have a gaming PC, so I can't play it there. So yeah, Aww. but um, yeah, uh, back in Forsaken, uh, back to what I've been doing. Uh, back in Forsaken, mm. they added in. Uh, a thing called uh, titles where you had uh, like a checklist of things you needed to do and they were quite lengthy and complex and then at the end of it you would win a title um, and I went through all of that year and didn't get a single title because I just didn't finish off all the stuff for it until they added in a very time sensitive one at the end of last last Destiny year because the Destiny year right, right yeah. until the new expansion came out like the 2019 title and I earned that one and I felt like a boss um <laughs> And then this season, they added in a new title for this season, um, Season of the Undying. So they had the Undying title, and it had a checklist of things to do, and it was going away at the end of the season. So if you didn't earn it this season, you couldn't get it. Uh, so I ground away at getting all the achievements, or all the the, the, yeah. the things che checked off on, on, um, on that uh, title. Actually, it wouldn't have been too bad if I'd spread it out over the 
the course of the entire season, but I decided to cram most of it into the space of about two weeks. So I ended up grinding away at a couple of activities so hard that I now hate them. One of them is is the um, the Vex Offensive, which is going away soon. So good riddance. Yep. Hi, hi. Um, and the other one is Gambit. Uh, I now hate Gambit. But I'd still keep playing it because I'm grinding away for another title that requires another bunch of Gambit to be played. But that's yeah, one of the one there. of the few problems that Destiny's got is that it will uh, they have a habit of making quests or quest lines that force you to play particular game modes either in a particular way or so much so that you end up disliking that game mode. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure that's not their intention, but. That's what happens um, <laughs> every time. Yeah, uh, and aside from that, you know, just been chipping away, um, taking off a few objectives, waiting for the end of the season to end. Um, in the previous year, each particular season had like a bunch of stuff, uh, and that season would run, and then the next season would stop. You could still carry on playing the stuff in the previous season. There were mm. sort of n- there was no connection between them. A couple of them had overarching storylines that tied into the, the like their storylines tied into the overarching storyline um but they were not connected what is mm. what they're doing with the what they say they're doing in this one is that each season has like a a story that's going through and at the end of the season it will have a definitive conclusion that will lead right. into the next season now okay. um this coming tuesday they're having a live stream of their new season, which is the latest that they have ever waited to reveal a new mm. season's worth of content because they're revealing it the week before it comes out rather than like teasing it for quite a while in advance. Right. Uh, and I've got a feeling that's because there's some story stuff that they don't want to spoil yet. Yeah. But then now the, the the seasons have like, they're linked together, it seems yeah. like. Each one will have a storyline that will start and conclude and lead into the next season, which will be a continuing storyline. So we'll yeah. see where that goes. Um, but yeah, that's enough Destiny talk for this week. I've got to stop yeah, talking about that game, but it is the game that I play almost Constantly. every night. So yeah. Um, last night, actually, I decided to take a night off playing Destiny and uh, played a bunch of uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare um with my better half i came off my first night of playing that with a really bad taste in my mouth um i jumped into the i tried to play some of the ground war which is like cod's take on battlefields like 64 players like 32 v 32 yeah and it was just bad it just didn't seem balanced right there was like spawn camping was rampant uh and i and it just like the time to kill in cod doesn't suit a sort of big battlefield-esque kind of <laughs> mode and so yeah i didn't like that mode at all like that would that mode needs some work um still haven't touched the campaign still haven't touched the co-op horde mode right. um but just jump back in and started playing regular um uh team death match um the like control three control points whatever yeah. that mode's called um and a couple of other modes. Oh, kill confirmed and stuff like that. You know, like the, you know the the more popular yeah, modes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually really enjoyed it. Like it's still a campers delight. Like there are campers yeah. everywhere. It's rife with camping, uh, so you have to really check your corners when you go through rooms. Um, and the time to kill is still too low 
for my taste. Yeah. Uh, especially coming off the back of Destiny, where the time to kill is like it used to be in Halo. Like right. you need to put a lot of bullets into someone to kill them in, in those games. And in like in, in COD, um, it feels like more often than not, yeah. you're dead before you even know where you're getting shot from. Yeah. Yeah, but that's always been the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you know, it's what you expect. That's just, just that is just their thing. Uh, but uh, yeah, it it runs beautifully. Um, this is the thing, right? It's how how can you it's like for all the years you've played COD? Like, not that many recently. <laughs> but but like I mean, you think like from the original like Modern Warfare, mm-hmm. you know, and you just think like, oh, it's it's just so stale. Like, all right, you can give it another lick of paint and you know, jazz it up a little bit and stick a few rocket packs in it or whatever, but it's, it is just still the same old cod and it's, yeah. but it's you know, familiar. It's, it's, it's you a know, comfort blanket. That's what I'm saying. It's a comfort blanket for some people. It's but. well, it's not, it's, it's I mean, it's like, you could say the same thing. Oh, here comes another, here comes the new FIFA. They've, they've made a few little changes. Well, this is the thing, right? It's still the same old football. It's like, yeah, well, you know, there's not, what else could they do with it? Um, they the, the the problem actually is when when COD does try to change things, it's usually bad. Yeah, like when they the added thing, right? in like double jumping and wall running, and they tried to be Titanfall, uh, and it yeah. was it was whack. Um, but do you think that that it, that is it for these games now? They're they're in, they're, they're popular and you know it. it oh, they're, like they're, they're I think and- you cannot. Uh, uh, cannot overestimate. Are, they, are these just like, roster updates now? No, I mean they made ch- changes to. I mean, it's modern warfare, so it's no no more like um uh. Well, I don't know what blops blops four was set in like a sort of yeah, oh, sort blops of future. 4 at least had the, but at least blops four had the kind of battle royale. That was the only thing. thing. I mean, you know, zombies. Um, and whatnot, yeah. and I only played it for the battle royale. I never really replayed the regular multiplayer because it pissed me off. Um, but I just no, wonder if, it, if, there, if there's nowhere that can go, if that makes sense. You know, like I mean, you say with a with a FIFA, where where can that go other than you no know, a, a better roster and a bit tighter passing and you know little little minor tweaks and then. That's about it. But at some point, that's well. It's an established you know, franchise. It's it's a massive selling game. It's one of those games that you know there 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 are there'll be millions of people out there who they only get the new, lap it up. they'll get the the only the only games they get every year is like the new card and the new Madden or the new FIFA mm. or whatever they get their shooter and they get their sport game and that's it. That's all they'll play. I think what I'm trying to say is is that the game game of service thing, right? We were you were talking about with Destiny. Mm-hmm. Like, do, do these games now just have to turn into that now and just be one game that just constantly grows and grows and grows and grows and grows and grows? And grows. Like, it just it's, well, COD's always iterates. had like the season pass stuff, map packs and whatnot. Uh, but this time round, there's none of that. Like, that's paid. It's all free. Yeah. Um, they're adding in apparently all of the maps from the original Modern Warfare for free which would be good okay. because the yeah. maps in the new modern warfare are not that great yeah i've heard they're not great some yeah. of them are good so like there's one set in piccadilly circus which is really good and there's a couple of others <laughs> that are really enjoyable some of them are just really badly balanced yeah um one team once one team at the beginning has just a massive advantage of the other team and some of them are just like there's one where there's like uh three capture points and the middle capture point is in a tunnel 
like carved in some rocks and it's just a just a horrendous kill box um uh but uh, i mean i I mean i i'm still not loving it but i enjoyed it a hell of a lot more playing it last night than i did the first night that i tried to play it like i hated it so much that the first (laughs) night that i started to play it that i didn't touch it again until last night it's like i don't don't want to play this yeah um but uh i mean it's it's not titanfall 2 um but it's a it's a good shooter uh, and they've done some interesting things, like it's now completely cross-play uh, between Xbox, PS4, and PC. Mm. It separates people out by their controller input. So it'll put... Uh, so you've got two hoppers, yeah. one lot for people who are playing with a controller, uh, one lot for people who are playing with keyboard and mouse, and yeah. that means that you can play with keyboard and mouse on your console if you want. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, I love that. I love that. That's, that's real good. Like, I am yeah. kind of tempted to to like pull out my little like lap table thing that i use for my joystick uh and yeah, part, um, part of me wants to say that mouse. was a dreamcast thing back in the day you could do that with i want to say it was like quake oh yeah yeah i think so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah i just oh just just the idea of having a mouse and keyboard on a console is just brilliant to me yeah it's so weird i mean you've been able to do it for a while with some other games like fortnite just don't give a f- like you can play with a keyboard and mouse on your like super fast PC and you'll be playing against people who are playing on their phones using touchscreen controls like nobody they, they just don't care um at least in cod like it tries to separate people out by their yeah. controller input so you're not like on a pad going up against like sharp shooters with a keyboard and mouse which would just be unfair that being said uh, yeah but that's um, nah, great yeah i mean I, i'm still i still got a spend some more time with it but uh so far pretty decent oh, good. pretty decent yeah nice. um last couple of games I played um i tried some of uh oh my god what's it called it's like a um a first person survival game based on a world uh um where it's all water subnautica subnautica that was it I knew you were going to say yeah. that because I've downloaded that. Yeah, I've, I've seen video and stuff of it for a while and it looked like, oh, this looks kind of like a No Man's Sky sort of thing. Um, well, a bit, a bit No Man's Sky, a little bit like mm. um, uh, another game I played that I can't remember the name of now. Um, but like in a, you know, scuba diving sort of yeah. on, a, on an alien planet. Um and I thought it looked really cool, and it's been in like early access for forever, and then it finally came out, and then it just bang straight on Game Pass, and it's like, oh, cool, I'll give that a download and give it a try. I haven't played much. I haven't played much yeah. at all. Um, no, I haven't played enough to be able to even start building like um, proper equipment uh, yeah. or vehicles or anything like that to help get around this planet a little bit more. But it's just the idea of having like a uh, a world to explore that's entirely submerged. Yeah, um, so I picked really it up cool. because um, like I heard a lot about it through Rock Paper Shotgun and their podcast, and there was a few people like that were always going on about Subnautica and how you know the progression is really wonderful and and that kind of stuff. And I'm just interested, like with No Man's Sky, you it always felt to me to be a little bit empty, right? Whereas with Subnautica, I I do worry that it's you know those sort of 
How far away is it from those like kind of weird chill out games that you used to get on the PlayStation Two and the Wii? You know, like what was the? There was like a diving game on the Wii. Is it is it far enough removed from that where you're not just swimming around just taking in the view for a for a gig? Oh no, I already to, run is into. There a sense of peril? Oh no, I already run into things that can hurt you. Um, yeah. nice. And like I've seen video where like swimming around at night is like not a good idea because yeah, all no, the no. big nasties come out at night and like. Yeah, there's, there's some definite, like, peril and some big, like, underwater, like, some underwater yeah. horrors. And it looks like they've had, like, it's given them the opportunity to be a little bit crazy with their creature design. I was worried more that I think that, you know, I would put this on in the hour I have spare in the week. And then in that hour, all I've achieved is swimming over to a clam to get some metal to you know and then that's it that's my that's my playtime yes because i've spent far too much of it just looking around looking at fish swimming by no that is exactly my um experience of it so far okay right gotcha i played it for a couple of hours um i explored around like the immediate vicinity of my escape pod at the beginning (laughs) um i gathered some resources I made a few small bits of equipment which would allow me to explore a little bit further and stay underwater mm. for a little bit longer. But I didn't really feel like I'd achieved anything. Like it seems yeah. like a game that you're gonna have to like put a lot of time into. That's the thing, is I'm 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 getting to that stage at the moment where like obviously I I've got limited time, right? So but it's that it's the level of engagement. And now I'm not looking at games at how cool they are. It's how how engaged can I get and how quickly engaged can I get? And um, yeah, it's stuff like that where like, I download side note and I know, do you know, I know I'd, I'd enjoy this if I had six hours. And yeah, yeah it's, it's it's hard because having the, the the strength to try and push through that by doing it in hour chunks is is difficult. But I'm gonna I'm gonna try and persevere with it. I'm gonna definitely give it a go and see what it's all about because I've heard so many good things about it. And yeah, just, but it was the same thing with like the outer. Wild. The Outer Wilds, yeah. Yeah, I always I always get that one wrong. Um, and I had the same thing with that, but I found that really creepy. The Outer Wilds is a little bit like, I mean, it's not, outer, nothing about the Outer Wilds is um, procedurally generated. It's a created, right. s- like, solar system. It's, there's a lot there, but it's not, like, too much there because you can only ever play it in, like, 20-something minute chunks. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. the world ends, or sorry, the, the universe yeah, yeah, ends every twenty right. something minutes, um, and then you have to start over again. Um, but yeah, and no, what what what's what put me a little bit off the outer wilds was just like the uh, um, the navigation with the ship and yeah. stuff like that. It just made me feel a little bit queasy. <laughs> yeah, um, I understand that. Which is weird because it's not something I usually. Get I don't I don't particular I don't usually get queasy with Motion like sick. yeah with visual media unless it was with a VR headset on which made me feel sick a couple of times, um, but this made me the only other time I actually felt sick watching move something move on a flat screen so to speak um, was the planetarium at the space museum in Leicester <laughs> right okay. made me feel a bit queasy which is nice. yeah but yeah anyway. Yeah. Aggressing again. Um so yeah, no, def- definitely one I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it a go. Yeah, likewise. I'm gonna jump back in and, and um yeah. just like That's one lazy game pass, right? Yeah. Um 
one lazy Sunday afternoon, I think I'll just like sit down and yeah play a little bit, little chunk. Um, nice. See, so what else you been playing, man? Uh, the only other thing I've been playing really is Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle, uh, which was right, the subject okay. of the latest episode of uh, Fortnite Fisticuffs. So it's uh, another Axis joint. Um, we've so this is like the third Axis game we played off the back. So we played Guilty Gear. Exerd Rev 2 and we played Dragon Ball Fighters. Um and this is the third guilty uh, sorry the third Arxis game that we've played. And it's like uh it's a two player or t- two character tag fighting game. So you have like yeah. two characters like the, the tag in and out. Um and it's a crop mashup between um Blaze Blue, which is uh Arxis is probably second most popular fighting game series, their second oldest one, Blaze Blue, um, which is like legendarily complicated, and so I've never bothered trying to get into it at all. Mm. Um, Undernight, which is another uh, anime fighting game we played recently by a studio called French Bread, but Arxis like published it. Um, Persona, uh, or Persona Ar- oh. Arena, uh, mo- mostly Persona Four characters, but some Persona Three characters, yeah. but then Ruby as well. Which is a really oh, interesting okay. one because um, is an anime, technically, but it's a Western anime um, produced by Rooster Teeth. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. And it was it's by the guys who it's used quite to a do tragic story behind that, isn't it? Because the guy who actually came up with the idea passed away quite early. Yeah, like three seasons in, I think. Yeah, or yeah during yeah. the third season, he died. Yeah. Um, so yes, yeah, uh, I don't know if he was also. One of the people behind Red versus Blue, which I have never watched because I was never much of a Halo fan, but people mm. love um, sort of like machinima uh, animation done in engine. Um, but this is like a uh, the Ruby's like a, a, a computer generated anime, but using like a piece of consumer animation software. Mm. Um, and so the animation quality, I've got to say, in the first season is pretty rough. Um, but I'm enjoying it anyway because the characters and the storyline is great. And I've been yeah. told by people who've persevered with it that, like, a few seasons in, it gets a lot better. Um, and Ah, uh, classic anime. Yeah, but also... Don't worry, get get 50 hours in, it gets better. But tying into that sad story was that the guy who um, created it, whose name escapes at the moment, uh, yeah. when he died, because he was the guy who knew how to work this piece of software um, the most... They ended up changing to a different piece of software, and that's right. and that's when the animation started to look better. Um, from what I understand, I you know I haven't got that yeah. far myself, but yeah. Um, so yeah, cross cross tag fighting game featuring a mashup of crazy different characters. Um, it's super accessible. There's like a two attack buttons, um, a button to uh, like. Uh, I'm trying to remember what the other, what the other two buttons do. It's like one attack, two attack. Uh, one button for like um, tag your that's it yes yeah, so there's one button to like tag, tag your your other person in and then another button that does like your your special moves like right, so okay. you do like you know quarter circle forward and that button to do like a particular special move okay. or quarter circle back and that button to do or whatever you know it's really really yeah. simple like hammer A and you'll oh excuse me hammer A and you'll do one particular combo hammer B and you'll do another different type of combo, or right. or uh, at a slightly reduced damage level than if you were to do the combos manually. It's fast, it's frantic, it's all 2D sprites, it's absolutely gorgeous. The soundtrack absolutely whips, because like 
Um, I'm not familiar with the Blazebee music, but the Underlight music was really good. Persona music has always been good. Yeah, and But these are like remixes of classic Persona songs, and yeah. they're amazing. And then one of the best things about Ruby is its soundtrack. And so the soundtrack in, in this game absolutely whips. Um, and it's just, yeah, incredibly accessible, which I like for a fighting game. Mm. But there's, there's a lot of depth there as well. Um it's it's this fairly young compared to some of the other fighting games we've been playing. This game's only like a year, year and a half old. Okay. Um, they've just brought out a new expansion pack for it, which introduces, introduces a bunch of more characters. Apparently, it's got really healthy online. I've only really played it against Connor. I haven't gone into the you know public lobbies or anything, <laughs> but apparently that stuff's like really like easy to get into like, i was gonna say it's well supported yeah. well supported like it it sorts uh, the netcode's supposed to be great um i mean from our experience of playing it um yeah the other the other night like the netcode was great the um and like, like, it's you know, like, it has like, like when i say supported it's got like people in lobby you can always get people in lobbies yeah yeah, yeah. um it's it seems like super popular uh and great uh yeah i've got like i've I've said it before a few times we've been doing this series like these anime fighters have been an absolute revelation because Mm. they're they're so much better at onboarding new players uh, and like teaching them how to play the game um than like the more traditional fighting games like your street fighter 5 and tekken 7 and whatnot but also the fact that like uh, in fighting games you really really need to know how to do like three things you need to know what to do uh you know you need to know when to do it and you need to know how to do it like yeah. that sounds really general and dumb but like what i mean is like you need to know what move to do when to do it to like counter what the other person's doing or to deal yeah. with their stuff and you need to be able to do the input to be able to do it First two have never really been a problem for me in these fighting games. Like, I know what moves to pull off roughly and when to do them roughly. Uh, but the input, being able yeah. to do the input has always to been execute, a barrier. Right? So, yeah, being able to actually execute it. And so that's one of the things that pisses me off the most about Street Fighter Five. It's like, I just can't get the timings right in those combos. Or, like, I'm doing the, the motion for a dragon punch and it's not coming out. Yeah. Because I'm just nudging it slightly wrong it's it's not quite precise enough yeah. for them uh and stuff like i like guilty gear's got a reputation of being a more you know more difficult more complex game than street fighter 5 and i found it much easier to get into than street fighter undernight mm. um and uh blaze blue and dragon ball fighters like seemed so much more lenient with the timing on your combos and uh, the motion of the inputting for like your your court circles your half circles your dragon yeah. punches and so on um so much more lenient with that stuff that it's like you don't have to worry quite so much about whether you're going to be able to execute that move and you can concentrate yeah. more on when to do that move and what move to do you know uh, and it it just means that I can concentrate a little bit more on the fundamental part of fundamentals of of fighting games um and i just find it so much more easy to jump into that way plus just i don't know they're just more colorful and wacky and fun yeah um i've just been enjoying them a a hell of a lot more and blazebee cross tag battle has been one of the one of the most fun and the most accessible um plus it features a bunch of persona characters and i love persona yeah i was gonna say persona arena just for the you know yeah persona characters um, that's a great game. 
Yeah, I would. I would absolutely <clears throat> get. I, mean, I think it's on. Actually, I think it may have been ported over onto to PS4, like the PS3 version yeah. of it. Um, so I wouldn't mind getting to it at some point. But I would really like them to make Persona Five Arena at some point. <laughs> um, but um, Arxis just I've got their hands full at the moment. They've got like yeah. their their currently putting out like betas and oh, what alphas i guess maybe no probably no probably betas at this mm. stage for um the next guilty gear game but that's not coming out until okay. like the end of next year um they've got another fighting game grand grand blue fantasy versus they like a name don't they um well it's a fighting game version <laughs> of a apparently very popular jrpg like Fight. mmo that's only available in japan um and it's a fighting game version of that and that looks really cool as well but that's not out until sometime next year uh, they've got all their they've got a lot of fingers and a lot mm. of fighting game pies over at Arxis. um <laughs> so uh yeah i don't know if we'll get a, a, a persona 5 arena but place yeah. cross tag battles really really good maybe they'll add in some persona 5 characters into that who can say but uh, if you're like a tag fighter and and you want something that's gonna gonna teach you how to play a fighting game, but also if you just want to hit buttons and see stuff happen, you can just hit buttons and see stuff happen. Um, oh, then that game's real good. Um, nice. Unfortunately, it's not on sale anymore. It's gone back up to like the forty or fifty pounds, yeah, full price. But uh, me and Connor, when we picked it up for the the version with the the first season pass, it was like thirteen pounds. Oh. which is a bargain Excellent. Uh, and in the Black Friday sale on the moment we just we both picked up um, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3 yeah, uh, which is the right last game. good uh, Marvel vs. Capcom game and it's yeah. £8 at the moment on uh, and it PSN. will assault your eyes it will um, and it's actually got fun characters in it that were missing from Infinite like uh, Phoenix Wright and an <laughs> amateur ass from Okami and yeah, yeah. Really looking that's forward to playing that. That's great. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing that one. But um, yeah, that's about it. That's all I've been playing. Nice. Nice. Yeah, head over to the YouTube channel. Check out the latest episode of Fortnite Fisticuffs. I'm going to try and get some other stuff added on um, in the next, in the not too distant future. I need to sort out one of those dumb chat link cable things so my uh-huh. Elgato can hear both chat audio and the game audio. Um and then I might right. get some some like multiplayer content. Um, yeah, I'll uh, be okay, some other stuff that's not just fighting games because I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that don't give a damn about fighting games. Uh, <laughs> so I wouldn't mind getting some other stuff up on there. Um, try and do some live streams as well uh, over the Christmas yeah. period while I've got some time off. Yeah, Christmas period and into the new year, we're going to try and uh, try try and do more Laps Gamer. Yeah, uh, Twitch content. I might I might stream some Bus Simulator because. <laughs> no, bus simulator is real good man because um, it's a vehicle that you need to get from one place to another exactly and it's very slow right. and it's methodical and, and I can listen to podcasts while I'm doing one it one place to another the new s- series from Mark Hayden. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been trying to convince um Mates, uh, Welsh Benno over on Twitter and uh, yeah. and Justin from uh, Last Save Loaded Last to Save Loaded yeah to join me we're in some like cooperative uh, elite dangerous on ps4 nice. because i found out that they both got it uh and i haven't played that game in too long and i've got a like hands-on throttling stick 
to nice. play that game properly because I got <laughs> super into it for a while. Is that crossplay? Uh, no, I don't think no. so. That's a shame. Oh, uh, well, last time I checked, it wasn't. Uh, yeah. It could be by now, for all I know. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Um, yeah, every, everything's always evolving. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, maybe I'll get some uh, playing some of that with them and try and get some footage of that to put up on the YouTube That'd channel because cool, that man. game is good. Yeah. Um, I might also jump back into Monster Hunter and stream some of that as well because uh, I haven't played uh, Monster Hunter well that much since I lost my 600 hours save file and had to Are start you, the game again I, from the beginning. Have you got Iceborne? I haven't. No, not yet mm. because there's no point in me getting it. No, this is what I was. This is what I was thinking. Right? Is because you can't touch that stuff really until you yeah, reach until the you end game. game. And I was in the end game and then lost my save file when my old PS4 Pro oh. died on me. So I had to start again. But I'm, uh, I'm, you know, I don't know how many hours into it. I'm not that far off the end game now. The, the sad thing is, is you have probably got to the end game, lost your save. And then got back to a level that is beyond when I first started, where I'm currently at in that game from the start. <laughs> um, possibly. Did you get as far as beating Nergigante? I don't know names. I got to a thing that, a big, big dinosaur thing. Um, that, that, uh, that what's the world help. where you have to climb <laughs> up all the vines? Uh, there's like the second world, third world. Oh, that's as far as you got? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. With the electricity. Like... That's, that's oh, Toby Kadachi. Yeah. So yeah, Toby Kodachi. Like, just like, not even scratch the surface. Toby Kodachi is one of my favorite monsters in that game. Like, from yeah. a design standpoint, he looks like a Dark Souls boss. Yeah. Um, really like that that character. Uh, that, that, that character Such a that shame monster. with that game, because I really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it, but it was just far too much of a time sink. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, like, uh, the second time around playing it, I... I've managed to do in less than a hundred hours or what I uh, almost done in less than a hundred hours, what I managed to do in 600 hours before, <laughs> just because I know what I'm doing yeah. a lot more this time. Um, as I wasn't really a seasoned monster hunter back when I first started playing world because I'd bounced off the other one so hard. Right. Uh, but now I know what I'm doing in one certain world. It's like it's, it's a lot smoother the second time around. So I'll get to nice. the end game soon enough and then check out Iceborne. But no, I still haven't done that. Like, oh, unfortunately, it came out uh, like a month before Shadowkeep. So, right, yeah. what else? Um, yeah, nothing else to to plug apart from wrap up warm, guys. Keep yeah. warm this winter. Um, make sure you eat lots of vitamin C. Uh, don't get a cold. It f- sucks. This is my second in a month. Um, <laughs> Ah, oh, one thing. Do you want to plug our possible uh, list show for the end of the year? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, well, a, a traditional uh, game of the year shows will be coming up over the Christmas period. Uh, we're going to record them uh, early on in December, uh, and then we'll yeah. do the usual thing where, like, we do um five uh we, we do like our top uh, we do, uh, we're doing our top fives in podcast form and then like our, f- our five, 10 through six on the website yeah. and we'll do like episode one uh will be our numbers five three and two i uh, know five five four and three <laughs> <laughs> math yeah cold absolutely ruined you five four and three <laughs> and then the second episodes will be our number twos and number ones lovely um yeah, we'll get those recorded soon and get them up over the Christmas period. Mm-hmm. And then in the new year, hopefully we're going to try and all get together and hash out like a definitive Laps Gamer Radio style. list of the top 10 games of the 2010s. Yes. 
and that has been well 2010s of the of the decade yeah yeah yeah, of the sorry. 2010s. Of the 2010s. 10s. Uh, yes. 2010 through 2019. It's already been contentious. Yeah, we've already had arguments in the Twitter. In our, in our <laughs> so, yeah, stay tuned. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's about it. Let's do this. Yeah, I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> Get, dose yourself off on a sit, mate. <laughs> well, thanks for joining me Chazzy no worries mate Uh, thanks everyone for listening as always go and head over to the Laps Gamer Radio uh, Twitter page at Laps Gamer if you fancy sending us an email you can do so at lapsgamerradio at gmail.com you can go over to the website lapsgamer.com we haven't written anything on there in ages but you can go and check out the stuff we did write Uh, bye bye